Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You think I'm joking, right? Key has been spilling the truth <laughs> during the break. <laughs> no, we just haven't. We're Tell having, him why you mad, son. No, we're having a, a, what I call a cultural conversation. Is, yes. that, is, is that, that cultural or that regional? That seems very 2021. Is that that but, seems very no, I'm, 2021. I'm, I'm, I'm lacing, zooming on certain fashion tips and things like that. And I was saying to him, as you know, Jay, if you go back, what Jay would be. So you go back 30 years. Uh, yeah, 30 years ago, Jay, right? And yeah, your, okay. mom, your mom sent you to school. With some golden goose shoes on, scuffed up, dirty, ugly looking, right? You'd cry because oh, people, every, would, people would destroy you. They would tease the hell they out of you. you. Yeah. Where now you wear those same shoes? It's like you fly, you wow, fly. That dude right there, or you see how guys got the froze with the hair and this and it's it, and you did that twenty five years ago, and your mom told you to your man, your mother slap you upside your head trying to go out the house looking like that. Look, I totally get the ripped jeans. I get all that. But if I bought a pair, like as a kid, I wanted nothing more than a pair of Air Jordans. Back yes. then, there weren't 97 available, <laughs> like 97 different <laughs> styles. Price uh, points. Yeah. It was like 140 bucks. It's yes. like, a lot of money when you're yes. a kid. And, yeah. there's not, and Jordan's my guy. At my parents' house in New Jersey, still in the bedroom. There's, the bedroom's still the same. There's still the picture of Jordan, right? Of course. On the poster, <laughs> like so many kids had. It's still there. It hasn't been moved. For a buck 40, you know... I would, I would, if I got like a white pair of Jordans, yeah. like I would walk outside with the shoes wrapped in a plastic bag. Like, <laughs> like there's, you can't, you know what I mean? You, you no, never take them out of the box, Zubin. You wouldn't sure. wear them. You wouldn't wear them. That's but what you those same Jordans. Wear them in the house only. Exactly. But those same only Jordans, Zubin, at 140, right. people buy those and they paint them or do all of that and they put them on the market and maybe two, $3,000. <laughs> Exactly. And, and, I mean, you can get that stuff on GOAT for a lot of money. And, and you're saying, like me, I'm like, I don't want to wear that. Yeah. But it's the fashion. It's That's what it is. They Women have purses that cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they paint them and have their kids paint them and stuff like that after they spent all this money on them. And it so doesn't it, look good, but like they, for the some day. reason, think it looks good. And Let if somebody step on your sneaker back in the day. Yeah, too. if they'd have done that back in the day, they... You, they would have never put paint on okay, them. You're talking about fashion advice from a guy that only wears one thing, a uh, sweater. And the other thing, when I see when I see like Fashion Week, if you've gone to Fashion Week, I would say to myself, like, who in the world would wear that? Even if I had the money, this costs six grand. But why would I wear that and go out in public in that, even if mo- I could afford mo- it? Most people, Some of the stuff is crazy. Most of the stuff in Fashion Week, though, are couture stuff. So it's kind of, it's just design. And then... Some of the runway shows do have what would come out in the fall. They're showing in the spring or the next year, something like that. But for the most part, it's couture stuff in its parties and just, you know, name brand recognition, things of that nature. I get it. You you and I are on the same. Man, I I just some, – some of the stuff, I, I'll never get it. I just don't Zubin, get it. Yeah. So, you know, I do not own a pair of Golden Gooses. There I you go. Not. There you go. Well, I can't say that I don't. He was wearing his yesterday. I believe he was wearing his yesterday. I can't say that I don't because my wife and my kids buy them for me, and I tell them constantly, no. But they still do it because they think that I'm cool if I got on golden gooses. I'm like, no, I'm good with my Adidas shoes. I'm fine. No, Dad. All right, man, whatever. Y'all making it sound like I'm just like some old fart or something. You're young at heart. You've always said that. Yeah. Well, you did just start streaming a couple of days (laughs) ago. That's true. 
Very well, because heavy. I was, Very heavy. But that has nothing to do with being old. That just has something to do with I just stuck on ID. And I, you know, I was just stuck on ID. I didn't realize there was a Discovery Plus that had all sorts of crime. Yes, Discovery Plus, Expedition Unknown, shout out, tremendous uh, show, just throwing it out. Okay, so you mentioned the runway. How much longer is the runway for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh? Remember, he's got two Super Bowl championships, and he said not too long ago, I'm in this to win multiple Lombardies with an S on the end of Lombardi. He's got multiple. He wanted multiple more. Things have really, really taken a turn, though, here in the last 24 hours. This is Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert, been with the organization 21 years, was intimately involved in drafting Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. Is this financial? Is this fit? What is it? Kevin Colbert yesterday on the future of Big Ben in the Steel City. As we sit here today, Ben is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, He met with Art Rooney. He went with Coach Tomlin. He met with myself uh, shortly after the season ended. Uh, He reiterated that to us, that he wants to continue to play. We told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. You know, Art Rooney addressed that, that with Ben's current cap number, um, some adjustment will have to be made, and we're not negotiating as, as we sit here and answer this question, hopefully there's a way that we can try to figure out and do what's best for the organization and do what's best for Ben. And hopefully he'll be able to see that and feel the same way we do. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done, not only with Ben, but just with the whole uh, unrestricted free agent class and our whole cap situation as well. And he's right about everything. Oh, they got a lot of decisions to make, Bud Dupree. Juju, uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Oh, too many names. It should just. I know him as Juju Smith. It's the Juju. It's the Schuster that keeps getting me. But it's a lot, right? And then when you look at that numbers at twenty-two million dollars in a cap situation, dead money. Regardless, they they owe him that. He gets that in the bank. Now you're looking at the other numbers, the forty million, the other triggers. What what can we do to satisfy that? Do we offer him fifteen million a year? Do we say, okay, we're going to give you a $15 million and we're going to make some of it a signing bonus, some of it a base salary, so now you're coming back? Or do we move on from that because we feel like we have something better? It's the end. We need to address the offensive line. We need to address the running back situation. Uh, it, so it's all sorts of different scenarios that you have to look at when you're addressing free agents. And a lot of times people get so emotionally caught up mm-hmm in the business side of it that they think, oh, my God, they're parting ways from him. They're going to do him wrong. It's like, well, based on his play, based on his number, and based on his age, it doesn't work for us what we want to do moving forward. So, therefore, we've got to address it and see if there's something better that's out there. Here's the thing. It depends on how much longer Big Ben wants to play. If Big Ben wants to play for one more year and it's his last hurrah, then you stay in a place like Pittsburgh and you do what D-Way did with the whole farewell tour, right? And you try to, at best, do the best you can do. Even though, I, I look, who knows how they'll be next year. I think they'll be the third best team in that division. That's, if you want to do more than one year, if you want to play, hey, I want to play two years, three years, if you think you can do that, then you try to say, hey, do the right thing. Let me go. Let me go to a team like Chicago. Mm. Let me go to a team like Indianapolis. Mm. I, I think you can start pushing the envelopes. And I, I know what people can say of Indianapolis. I don't want that. But here's my thing for Chicago. If you can't get a David Carr, if you can't get a Marcus Mariota, 
You're looking at Carson Wentz. I'm sitting there saying, oh, let, let me make a big splash because I don't have more than one year to wait for Carson Wentz to continue to develop or to fix him in one year. I'll be gone if I'm Matt Nagy or if I'm Ryan Pace. If, if, if I could bring a guy like Big Ben in, can that be enough to make a splash for our team to help us get to where we think we can be? Yeah, and that also helps Big Ben. Yeah, I, I, the Chicago thing, first of all, they have a bad offensive line and no running game. So you're going from Pittsburgh with a bad offensive line. But you have to retool line. that anyway. You have to retool but that anyway. But if I'm going to retool that, I ain't retooling it to put Big Ben behind it. But I'm saying, what are you going to put Carson, sure. Carson Wentz is the same thing. That's what he had when he was in I, Philly. But I'm not he, putting Big Ben. I don't want Big Ben. I'm good. I'm good if I'm in Chicago. The best, good situation, the best situation for Big Ben is to hope that it works out in Pittsburgh because going to another stop for a team that's contending like the Indianapolis Colts when I can get Carson Wentz, familiarity speaks volumes. You can't assume because – and I know what people are doing. They're well, yeah, assuming, that familiarity does, but Tom Brady didn't have any familiarity. That's why with I, was getting, I was getting ready to go there. Yeah. People are assuming – because Tom Brady went to a ready-made team and inserted those six championships and those 13 championships appearances in six Super Bowls, wins in nine appearances in the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay, that all of a sudden every veteran quarterback that's available, they could just go to a team and you're going to get the same results. No, but Peyton Manning didn't get as well in Denver. All I'm saying is if you're a big fan. Peyton, Peyton Manning threw for 50 touchdowns one year in Denver. And Peyton Manning had Von Miller coming off the edge and DeMarcus Ware and Tlaib and everybody else on the defense when they won the Super Bowl. The year okay. he threw for 50 touchdowns, he got shellacked, if you don't remember. So all I'm saying is you got to kind of slow it down and just hope for Big Ben in Pittsburgh, if anything. But well, as I said, it depends upon what Big Ben wants. I'd rather see Big Ben in his career in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform but, Key, like you and I both said, some guys don't feel like they've lost it. And if Big Ben doesn't feel like he's lost it long-term, no, I think he, being in I, Pittsburgh wouldn't be the place for him to be long-term. I, I think, Jay, he's, he's, he's not delusional. I think he realizes he wants to still play at heart, but I think he realized the, the, the Big Ben of old is way behind him. I think, I think Ben knows that. I think he's a realist to know, you know what, I can't do the same things that I did before, but I want to play another year or two, and hopefully that year or two is in Pittsburgh. I don't necessarily see other teams lining up to sign Ben at all at the stages of where he's at in his career. I, I'm, he's, just, he's a solid game manager, Key. I hear you talk about that all the time on this show. I just and, don't. yes, they did spiral out of control, but they were once undefeated. When they were healthy. Granted, the running option was not there. He had to drop back and pass the ball a ton. The defense got depleted due to injuries. Oh, he, he is serviceable. It's not like Big Ben is a bum. You can take him and put him on a team. He could be a quarterback. But when you're talking about putting him on a team to try and keep a coach's job in Chicago, I just don't see where they're going to go that route if there's a better option that's out there. You're What's the about better option? Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky's the better option? I, I would stay with Mitchell Trubisky, me my, personally. I, I just would because I, Mitchell okay. Trubisky, first of all, I made a mistake. He was 5-0. and oh. I made the mistake. I'm, I'm, I'm Matt Nagy. I have to say – you know what? I made a mistake at 5-0. and oh. I should have let him continue to grow in that position, and we could have had a better seed toward the playoffs. I went back to him to get into the playoffs, okay? He dropped the ball in the basket of the receiver in New Orleans, and guess what? The basket had a hole in it. It wasn't Mitch Trubisky. 
So you, you, you start to see some things in the second half of the season when he got the second time around to start that they've changed their offense to fit him and do some of the things that he can do better, Zubin. But, but yeah, they won a lot of those games off their defense. That wasn't Mitchell Trubisky no, no, throwing no. crazy yardage. No, but again, you don't have to throw for crazy yards. You just can't afford to make mistakes. That's what I'm saying. A game manager. Somebody I'm not. You can have okay. Big Ben. I'm quitting. Okay. So Big Ben is near the end, and he's thrown for a ton of yards. Let's talk about a couple of guys that are at the beginning and have thrown for a ton of yards in college. And if the scouts are right, like Field, the scouts are right, you know, indeed, that impossibly these two guys will have prolific NFL careers. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier. I haven't heard you say that in a while. <laughs> it, the show's not official until that word is uttered. We know that. Okay, so here's the deal. All right? Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, reputable guy. I've been following him for years. He's a draft guy like every company mm-hmm. is a draft guy. He's their guy at Bleacher Report. He says there's a team that has BYU Zach Wilson ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So here is the rationale from the one team, unknown team, Uh-oh. that is validating Zach Wilson over, excuse me, that is validating, yes, Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. Here's the rationale from the scouting department of that team. Again, we've been told forever and a day, Lawrence is the guy, and then there is some sort of drop-off, let's be honest. Before a couple of months ago, Zach Wilson was sitting there behind Justin Fields and all these other guys. There's been so much fluctuation, and there will be on the way to Just April Just to clarify, so this, this is one team, correct? One team. Just one, one team. team. Okay. Unknown, okay. and telling this to one draft analyst. Saskatchewan. Is, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Canadian football on ESPN, too. I did halftime of that. Like, is this team, is it true? This is team is in the NFL. Halftime, by the way. This team is in the National Football League. It is not the Edmonton Eskimos. All right, so here's the deal. Quote, Here's what this team values Wilson over Lawrence. Quote, what he does as a thrower and as a runner is exactly where we are as a league right now. He throws some of those 50-50 balls with his shoulders square to the defense after running around in the pocket. And I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech all over again. That is an NFL college scouting director to Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. Second half of that statement is really heavy. (sighs) <sighs> that sounds okay. great. So let me let me let me, let me let me dive into this. First of all, let's get rid of the Patrick Mahomes comparisons. Right. You know, let's right. just stop because right. you didn't have Patrick Mahomes in the top three quarterbacks right. when he came out. So Part stop of it here lying. is they're saying Zach Wilson came out of nowhere. Mahomes came out of nowhere. I'm th- that's I think what he's indicated. I get it. But much like I said, when you start talking about guys closing the gap on guys, when we have these conversations in October's, oh, he's a that guy's number one overall. He's going. I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback of all times. And I've always said, slow it down. That doesn't mean because he, we said as a freshman he's going to be the number one overall pick that you're going to stick to that. Mm-hmm. Because general managers, presidents of clubs, head coaches, coordinators, and quarterback coaches. Mm-hmm. Don't get a chance to evaluate guys until the season is over with. They don't have time to sit up there while they're trying to keep their damn jobs in the month of November and December, while college football season is ending, to evaluate. They got a game plan. They don't have the time. Scouts don't make the decisions. Scouts compile the information. They hand the information to the decision makers. They give a grade. 
Now the decision makers have the opportunity in the month of January when they're out of the playoffs, in February, in March, to start to break down guys, to compare, to look at, all of those sort of things. This is what you're seeing. As I said way back when, in 2020, when we started the show, everybody says, Trevor Lawrence is, oh, it's not even close. Okay, man, whatever. Now you're starting to see it trickle in. That's one report, and you're going to see more. This guy's better than this guy. This guy, you see what happened to Justin Fields? Justin Fields went from the number two guy, oh, he's number two behind Trevor Lawrence, to number four now. And he'll get back up to number two by the time we get to April. And then he'll drop down to three. And then Trevor Lawrence, oh, I wouldn't take this guy into. So you got to just let the process take course. And that happened with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz came out of nowhere. He went to the Senior Bowl. All of a sudden, he lit it up at the Senior Bowl practices, and people was like, oh, my God, this guy here. Who's because this? they – Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah, sure. Because people haven't, didn't have a chance to put their eyes on him, Jay. You know how that I, is in basketball. Gee. Same thing. I'm laughing at this because I would put a lot of money. I would bet a lot of money on the fact that whoever this one NFL team is, I guarantee you they are not the team with the first pick in the draft. Do you know how many times I've called the NBA draft – where I've spoken to scouts or I've talked to GMs, and they would say, oh, man, Jay, I think I got this guy rated over that guy. And then I see them with the pick, and they don't take the guy that they say is rated over the guy. Well, I just, you know, look, I, I didn't think I could do it. I don't know about my job. You know, there's a lot of public pressure on this. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to be in a position to actually do it. So that's fine that this one guy who's anonymous, but that, that seems just like, hey, I'm going to say something for the sake of saying it to me. No, it happens. It happens every single year. It's not for the sake of saying things. I, I honestly, so that's fine. To, and key, you're in, until you're in the room and you actually make that choice, like it's one thing to say it. it we hear a lot of guys say things. It's another thing, it, it, unless your team's in that position and you start receiving that pressure about how talented Trevor Lawrence is, You'll be have the moxie to do something like that. Well, it, the, 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 the situation is such that the individual who, from Bleacher Report, in Mike, Matt, is it Mike Miller? Matt, Matt, Matt Miller. Miller. That's right. Matt Miller is a well-respected kind of like guru, draft expert kind of guy that people talk to. So but he heard it from a scout, right? Not a GM, Zubin, correct? I don't know NFL who NFL college scouting director. Director. So okay. the director is different than a scout. He's yeah. running – the scouts, they work for him to a degree. So it, it happens. You're going to hear it more. You're going to hear it more. He's only the first ball to drop. There's going to be other ball. It doesn't make him right. I also heard that Baker Mayfield was the best he was was a third-round pick. That's what I heard. Hmm. But they took him number one overall. And I heard it from reliable, long-time, uh, 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 well-to-do executives in the National Football League that have taken Hall of Fame draft picks. So it's like, okay, but doesn't make them right, doesn't make the Cleveland Browns wrong. They took him at number one, and that's what they wanted to do. It happens that way in the league, but when you start to say that a guy is a can't-miss surefire no matter what, it look, Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were neck and neck. No doubt. What? All the, the way to the end. And Bill Polian made the right decision, clearly, right? He said – Woke up the next day and said, man, I'm, I'm going to take that guy. But it was neck and neck. I also want to make sure that we understand, like, a lot of this is jockeying for position. Right? So there's a lot of deflection here. 
So I can say, hey, if I'm a GM, and I've seen GMs do this or scouts do this, hey, this guy, man, this guy has a chance to be the one. Meanwhile, they're planning on drafting another guy because they want to divert attention away from their guy. So like, there's a lot of jockeying here that goes into stuff when scouts say things like this. Right. You're using the media, but in this case, exactly. he's using uh, the media to just as a conduit. This isn't something Miller's saying. This is just something he let me yeah, feed you this tidbit so you can go out there and make a story about it, which but actually he didn't put his name him. to it. So it's not like right. he, he's benefiting from it, whoever no, yeah. that individual is. I would also say the best example of this that you guys are talking about this poking holes in people. As Key said, we're going to do that. We're going to slice and dice guys all the way up to April 29th when the draft hopefully takes place in Cleveland. Two things. If Joe Burrow had come out the year before, he probably would have been like a fourth-round pick. And now he ends up being the number one overall pick because he had a season for the ages. But that's what happens when you wait to see and evaluate the whole picture. Again, I couldn't do it at Ohio State. Eh, He's okay at LSU. And then he has the best single statistical season ever. And then suddenly everything changes. Look at Devontae Smith, the Mm -hmm. receiver, right? I mean, a month ago he was number two on Mel's big board. Mel didn't – Mel's just saying number two doesn't mean that the team is going to draft him number two. Correct. But now he's way down. Right. Because they're starting to really dive into evaluating him, and Jamar chases up. Yep, the LSU receiver, he had the single best statistical season of any receiver in LSU history, opted out this year, but obviously was terrific a couple years ago. Here's the one guy I would tell you, this is near and dear to your heart, the Polk Holes. If Matt Leinert Uh had come out after his junior season. He's number one overall pick. Instead, he came back, and And I can't blame him. He he drops the 10. He drops the 10. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That may have been... (laughs) Considering, you know, the career wasn't that great at the NFL level, but at the collegiate level, he could have easily been the number one overall pick. Dynastic. To the Niners. Dynastic. Stay in California. Mm -hmm. Right? California high school stud. Comes back because, hey, he's Matt Leinert. It's SC. You know better than anybody. Why not come back and enjoy that final year? But we spent that entire year saying, well, I guess... Anybody could hand it off to Lendell White. And I guess he's got 10 hours to throw back there. You're timing it with the sundial. We started to look at those sorts of things. And suddenly, he had a really good senior season. Zubin, whose voice was that? Whose voice was that that you just did? That wasn't your voice. That was somebody It was a different reporter. I know Aki does the Mike Tannenbaum voice, but whose voice was that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just cracked there. (laughs) But it happens happens to a lot of guys all the time. Prime example. Matt Liner's one. Matt Barkley should have came out his junior year. Another SC guy. Had a chance to dissect him, break him all the way down. Mark Sanchez didn't give him that opportunity. He came out, so therefore, what the Jets saw, the Jets went and got. Boom. And they went to two AFC championship games despite – what you might think about his quarterback play in the end. There's no doubt about it. So we'll wait to see. As Key said, the evaluations are just beginning. And as Jay said, so is some of the clandestine work that's going on. That's like Jay. Jay came out early. Jay came out early and he went the number two pick. If he'd have stayed, he might have been the number one pick or not get drafted at all. Ain't that right, Jay Will? Whoa, I did whoa, stay whoa, another whoa, year, whoa, actually, whoa. when I could have been the first pick my sophomore year. So I, I was able to maintain. Thank you, though. <laughs> For your on, kind words, Keith. <laughs> on the way, <laughs> kind in quotes. Why one fan base is saying no thank you to a reunion of a coach and a former MVP that once landed both of them in the Super Bowl. So why not run it back? That's next on Keyshawn, mm. J. Will, and Zubin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Key has been traversing our Twitter feed, which is one of the most dangerous places on earth to be, as I've learned. Naomi Osaka defeats Serena Williams 6364, advancing to the Australian Open Finals. She'll take on the American Jennifer Brady, who's had an amazing run in Melbourne. For those of you listening, I know you won't be able to see this, but Serena got up after her press conference after the loss. She was in tears. And a reporter asked her a very specific question today about what happened during the match. Her answer, though, seemed to sway towards, might it all be over? I don't know. If I, if I ever say farewell, I wouldn't tell anyone. So. The, the unforced errors through the match... Considering how well you've played to get to this stage, what do you feel caused that? Or was it just one of those bad days at the office? Uh, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm done. You hear those last two words? I'm done. I think she obviously meant I'm done talking at this point, but you got to wonder at this point. She's one major short of Margaret Court for the all-time record. Her last major win, 2017 Australian Open. She's now gone 15 straight majors. I know she's been injured. She's had a child. We didn't have a major part of 2020. Some majors were called off, but she needs one more. Maybe it comes at Wimbledon, her favorite, where she's a seven-time champion. It's an amazing story to watch. By the way, Novak won in straight sets. The Padres straight gave Fernando Tatis a ton of money. 14 years, three 40, according to our Jeff Passan, key indicator here, as Key has said before, when you give Machado money, you give Harper money, you give Pujols money, those guys all switch teams. They know something about Fernando Tatis. Key, he's only 22 years old. Yeah, he's young, and he's shown, and he's established himself. He's becoming a huge fan favorite in Major League Baseball, something that the boring sport certainly needs. You're right. When he's at the dish or in the field, he's kind of like a must-watch guy, and they definitely need that as the pods try to creep closer to Key's Dodgers. I didn't realize how big he was for shortstop. I mean, he's my size playing short. He's got good genes. His dad was quite the player as well. His son, I think, is going to be a little bit better. I'm safe to say that. Black history always. When pitchers and catchers start to report, 14 teams actually did today. Coverage all over the place on ESPN. Today, we're going to honor the Pittsburgh Pirates on September 1st of 1971. Listen to this. The Pirates fielded Major League Baseball's first all-black or Latino starting lineup. Led by the future Hall of Famers, the late, great Roberto Clemente, who was probably better off the field than he was on as a human being. And Willie Stargell, the Pirates beat the Phillies 10-7. A few weeks later, they won the World Series. Great stuff. Glad to honor it. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Key wants me to go ad-free so I don't have to see Samuel L. Jackson. No, I didn't, I didn't say go ad-free. We love ads. Ads are great. Absolutely. They're the most they're beautiful. 
But when I'm watching my shows, I just kind of like to continue to keep going so I can get to the next. That's no, all. Binge watch, as you say. Uh, speaking of uh, Love not, ads. Not, ads beautiful, are great. not beautiful outside, take a look at the weather outside here in New York for our friends in Connecticut where the rest of the show is. It's coming down and it's coming down outside here again. Winter weather See, that simply this ain't right, relent. Though. This ain't right, man. This is not right. This is winter, Key. Yeah, that's so this is what the new norm is. Deal with this. The new norm for you. Ain't going to be the new norm for me. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, including Bram Weinstein, who's the host on 630 ESPN in D.C., my old sports center partner. And look, when you grow up in the DMV like Bram did, and you can say you are the voice of the Washington football team, I cannot imagine there's any greater honor for a D.C. sports fan to be the voice of that team especially considering how old Bram is Gibbs three titles three quarterbacks it's amazing and he joins us this morning he's also drive time in DC amazing Bram would be a reunion between Cam and coach Rivera in the nation's capital but from what I'm hearing fans are not big on that at all fair yeah I think that's fair um I think the ship has sailed on that you know considering what his price was last year before he went to New England and considering Washington, you know, still at least perceptually needed someone to compete with Dwayne Haskins. We didn't know what we didn't know until the season rolled around with Dwayne. Um, it was been very easy to attain him last year, and they didn't. So I do not expect them to go back down that road. I know a lot of people are connecting dots because Marty Herney came now from Carolina, joined Ron Rivera. They still do need a quarterback. They took a swing for Matthew Stafford. It didn't happen. Um, And there's a lot of read the tea leaves. They're probably out of overpaying for the mid-pack quarterback who might be available if you're willing to pay the price. Um, But my gut says Cam is not joining this team. I could be wrong about that, but I'd be surprised. You know, uh, Coach Rivera was on with us a couple weeks ago, and that question was uh, posed to him, and he did not shoot it down. Where a year ago, he said, no, we're not interested. This time around, he kind of left the door open and said that, hey, we're going to evaluate everything, and you just never know, so to speak. I'm paraphrasing. They clearly need to upgrade. I mean, like all options have to stay on the table here. Um, you know, Alex Smith is not out as quarterback, but it is highly unlikely that he comes back, and certainly not at the rate that his contract dictates at this point. Um, clearly they re-signed Taylor Heineke. Um, he was a great story last year. I don't think anyone here looks at it and goes, that's our Kurt Warner, that that's going to change things. Kyle Allen's going to be back, but again, in a competitive space. And I think everyone knows they're still looking for their starting quarterback. Marcus Mariota is a name to watch here. I think if Derek Carr was to be had for the right price, he would be a name to watch here. And they're also the team that is sitting in the, if Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, that caliber of player is actually available. They'll go in for that. But they've said out loud that they're not going to overpay for a quarterback. And if you want any of those three, you better change your tune about that. The, the, the interesting thing that, that you just brought up is the Derek Carr situation. And it didn't even dawn on me because we've been talking about Carr on our show for the last several days. But it didn't dawn on me the relationship with Derek Carr in Jack Del Rio, who gave him the major extension when he was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. That could be a great fit in that situation. But let me ask you this. In the end, who has the final decision on the quarterback? Is it 
Ron Rivera or is it meddling Daniel Snyder? Right now, it's Ron Rivera. Like, I don't think there's any question. And, and I give you some examples as to why. Cause, and it's an it's a, it's a appropriate question to ask with this franchise. Um, Ron Rivera was basically told when he came in here that Dwayne Haskins was his quarterback, not unlike how the previous group that was coaching the team had to deal with Dwayne Haskins as their quarterback, even if they didn't want him at the time or didn't feel like he was ready to start and play for them. Ron Rivera benched him four weeks in. He gave him the opportunity. He had no competition. I know trading camp was different this year, but there was no literal competition this summer. Alex Smith wasn't allowed to compete for the job. Kyle Allen was practicing, never got a rep with the one. Never happened. Four weeks in, they end up benching him, which you would have felt was against you know, the wishes of the owner. Nothing stopped that from happening. And then at the end of the year, he was released. So if Daniel Snyder was in control of these particular decisions, I don't think either one of those things would have happened, especially at the timing that they happened. So I do believe that things have changed here. Now, will it remain that way? It's a good question. You know, like, let's see. Is there going to be patience for it? Um, But at this juncture, there have been a couple of things, the release of Adrian Peterson and the moves with Haskins, that would suggest Rivera does have autonomy here. Bram, is that is that dark cloud over the Washington football team? Is that gone with everything that's happened with Daniel Snyder? Or do you think that lingers? For you know, this has been a really, really odd year. Um, you know, they all they did was go seven and nine, which is really nothing to throw a parade about. But it was the, really the most unusual seven and nine that I've ever really been a part of. Um, you know, they had every excuse to be three and whatever again. You know, it really name changed. Uh, there's a culture change that needed to happen, not only on the field, but off the field as well. The, the organization was altered significantly after a lot of terrible things that were going on. Um, they have, you know, rebuilt. They don't have a roster that really should have won a division based on who else was in their division, namely Dallas or Philadelphia, but, but they did. Um, they started one at five. They were mocked in a lot of ways with the no name. Uh, their coach had cancer. Their quarterback had 17 surgeries, nearly lost his leg. Um, is a medical miracle that he's playing football at all. It wasn't the choice to start, right? Had to come in and save the team in the middle of the season to look lost at 1-5. And, and I don't know that the cloud is gone, but the fact that they got through that and got through it in the way that they did, um, I think things have changed here like significantly in a way that the fan base is kind of putting their arms around this team in a different way than they have in a long time. So I would say we're building (laughs) toward getting through the cloud. But as you all know, winning and winning consistently is what's really going to matter. And until they get that quarterback, which circles back to the first thing we're talking about here, until they get that quarterback, I think we all know that they're going to be stuck in neutral. Mm. That amazing run of things that you just ticked off really puts it in perspective in terms of how far the organization has come and how far many still think it needs to go. I know you spent years covering this team on a daily basis. They're your first love, and now every Sunday in the booth. Great to reconnect, Bram. Have a great show today. Appreciate the perspective. It was great talking to all of you. Thank you. That's Bram Weinstein. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, and Bram joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. On the way... Jay says LeBron is angling, barreling towards his fifth MVP. But why MVP number five would rank number one for Jay?
packed MVP race. Pull up jumper for three on its way and in for Steph. And Embiid scores. Damian Lillard in a rhythm. Lobbing it for James on the reverse at the rim. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Show me what you got tonight for LeBron. Not that he needs to prove anything tonight. Over, Nets, over in three quarters. Nets and Lakers. Keys calling it. Go to bed by the time the fourth starts. How can I watch the last two minutes of an NBA game if you're telling me to go to sleep in the fourth? That's what I got to catch the last two minutes. LeBron has won the MVP four times. 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010, 2012, uh, and 2013. So think about this, Jay. To your point, this would be in line for his fifth MVP, which you say, and you're going to tell us, is going to put him in great company, exclusive company. I just want to mention the fact that LeBron James has not won the MVP since the 2012-13 season. I'll give Steph his back-to-back, and you got to give Russell Westbrook the one when he had the triple-double season. KD, but LeBron, since... I don't know. Giannis twice and Harden. I mean, come but on. but the scoring yeah. though, Jay, you know There's that, the that, that that's that that's the, the for Harden. That's something that we never seen. That craziness, right? I mean, like twenty twelve. But it's so funny back, though, Key. We always step kill- back. All that we hadn't oh. seen that. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, he's innovated the one on one mixtape. I mean, that's what James yeah. Harden. But this we always kill those MVP guys, right? In eight no, years. you. This you, would be his first we, MVP in eight years. No, you do Buttercup, right? You you do. But at the same time, who's going Buttercup? <laughs> oh yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Twitter's gonna say I'm bullying you. Stay um, off the Twitter. It, it's it's one of those deals where we saw it right, and then all of a sudden he just da da da, bam, step, boom, and you sitting there, and he's doing it at such a rapid pace. You're going, huh? Then you look at Westbrook again, something you hadn't seen yeah, since the like our, double season. No, for, right? for sure, so, for sure. So when you start to look at 1961, it, then, the last time you think yeah. about yeah. some Oscar of the things yeah, that Steph up. was doing, pulling from half court, winning championships. No so it's kind of like, okay, then Giannis all of a sudden. That's the one I, I can't go. But here's why Le- you, here's LeBron why. It's a regular season yes, award. That's it's why it's a regular even. season award. Plus you had a big who they was ready to give a championship to because they got tired of seeing LeBron and they tired of, they ain't crying. They got that tired of that. And then all LeBron of a sudden. James fatigue. It, it LeBron James fatigue. And then all of a sudden Giannis steps up and it's like, oh man, he getting ready to start winning championships. So they thought they were ahead of the curve. And they wasn't. That's all. So, Jay, he wins this one. It's number five. You think it's number one because number 23 is now being invoked. It's number one until he wins his next one, which will be then number one because that will help him surpass Michael Jordan. This one will probably be the most impactful thus far of his career because it would tie him with Michael Jordan for five MVP awards. He would be the oldest player in the history of the game of basketball to win the MVP. 
And then think about every look, they go in this crazy run last year through the pandemic with the season being off for a month and a half. They come out, they win the, a world championship Yay. in the bubble. They then turn around, have the quickest turnaround, probably NBA history with 71 days off. LeBron hasn't taken games off like people thought he whoa, he's going to he's going to load manage at the beginning of the year. Like, hasn't done that. He's been playing out of his mind. And now they lost AD for probably a month or so. And if they find a way to stay at the top of the Western Conference, and then, I mean, he's going to win this award. And it, it, I don't know how difficult of a road this has been for LeBron to play at this caliber, Key, at this level, at 36 years old. It, it, I know we saw Tom at 43, but, you know, basketball is different, man. The wear hey. and tear is, well, I'm saying for LeBron with the wear and tear he takes from the Tom Brady position, it's different, Key, for LeBron. Hey, all I could do is say, People have been saying the same things for the last five years, I would say, about LeBron being able, slowing down, right, to the point where he had to let people know, I take care of myself. Don't worry about me. People said the same thing about Tom Brady slowing down five years ago or so. Tom Brady had to let you know he was eating uh, avocado ice cream. Don't worry about him. This is the same thing. As long as you're taking care of your body and you're doing what you can do, you'll be fine. And I've always said that about professional athletes. The moment that you stop and you try to restart, a la Michael Jordan, you take years off and then try to – you're not going to be the same. But as long as you keep staying healthy and powering through, you're going to get what you're getting out of guys. That's just – the way it is. And Jay, all let me, that is, yeah. I was going to say, all that is is great. Let but me, yeah. this will be a make or break month for LeBron. I want to ask you this, Jay. As far as MVP. Just to say, just yeah. because if, if he can maintain this level of play yeah. without AD, mm-hmm. then that award will be his. But you if he falters know. off a little bit, if he falters off a little bit, other people will start to make headway like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. One and oak, he says, without Anthony Davis against Minnesota, we'll get the Nets tonight and then next week on ESPN, he'll be at Utah, which will be a matchup of the top two teams in the Western Conference. And Bring on Utah. We'll see. Let me ask you this, Jay. Key always talks about the chip staying motivated, Brady, all that stuff, when he was called out on Monday night when they lost that game to the Chiefs and everybody said it was over and, oh, by the way, they won the Super Bowl and he just won another one at the age of 43. LeBron was very vocal about the fact that he didn't win the last MVP, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Giannis is a great guy. You don't want to bash Giannis. He's a great dude. And he's Too been, late. <laughs> he's been very, you know, appreciative of LeBron and everything he's done. But, Jay, I mean, he, he just kind of came out there and said, um, really, I didn't win the MVP? Oh, I just won the title again. I mean, there's, it, there's oh. a chip there. How much do you think that is playing into this one? That's everything. I mean, this same guy that talked about when Marcus O won the defensive player of the year, but he wasn't on first team all defense. And LeBron <laughs> was. And LeBron's like, how is this even possible? That, that is, like, these yeah, are the small he... things that LeBron <laughs> pays attention to. And, Key, you brought this point. You know, for certain guys, they, they try to act like things don't matter and what people say don't matter. They pay attention to it. That's just fuel. The same way we use tweets uh, hey, look, from people man. on our show as fuel Go that ahead. tell us to get off the radio because, you know, <laughs> you know for what the reasons they tell us. Well, I, I get it. Right, but yeah. guess what? They're still listening and they're still watching. It's very clear based on everything that we see. Uh, you you use certain things for motivation. I did it as a player. I heard everything that was said about me, but I continued to just mash through it and keep it going. Oh, he's this. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're still watching. You're still asking for my autograph. I'm still putting up points. I'm still helping my team win despite what you might feel about me. And LeBron James approaches is that way. He probably not, doesn't let the public know, 
But, oh, he clearly knows what's out there. He's oh, supposed mm-hmm. to as a professional. No doubt about it. Remember, we have not had an MVP winner in their 30s since Steve Nash in 2005-2006. Tonight, Nash and LeBron meet in a different way on the way to Sean.